In Luke chapter 17 and verse 11, uh, beginning of verse 11, we see a, an example of what happens when we obey the commandments of our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah. He says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Yeshua, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And see, the same thing applies to us. We are lepers. Our sin is a picture of, a leprosy is a picture of sin. We are all lepers in the body of believers. We are all lepers. But as we go in the direction of the Lord Yeshua's commands, we are healed. You see, that's how they were healed. As they went, they were cleansed. As we go in the direction of the commandments of Jesus Christ and his apostles, we are cleansed of our iniquity. We are cleansed of our sin. We are transformed. Our lives are transformed into the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. Step by step, day by day, we are being transformed as we learn one new commandment after the other. As the Holy Spirit brings us up one thing after the other, we are being transformed. On this journey of obedience, we are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. <clears throat> and that is exactly what <clears throat> we have been called to do. We are, it's a journey but it's a journey of constantly going forward. We're always going forward. We're always going forward. We're always going forward day by day, step by step with a willing heart. You see, before before we can go in the direction of Christ's commandments, we have to be willing to go. We have to have a willing heart to go. And that's what the 10 lepers had. The 10 lepers had a willing heart to, to obey the commandments of Christ. Why? Because they wanted to be healed. They wanted to be delivered. And if you and I don't have a heart that says, I want to be healed of my sin, I want to be delivered, then we'll never go in the direction of Christ's commands and be healed. And so, and this is the journey of discipleship. You see, this is, this is, this is exactly what the Lord has called us to in discipleship. As we follow our Lord Yeshua, the Christ, we become more and more and more like him. And that's what that's what discipleship means. In in ancient times, when a person had disciples, what the disciples would do is, is that they would leave their home, they would leave their families, they would leave everything behind, and what would they do? They would follow their rabbi. And all the way that the rabbi would teach, the rabbi the way the rabbi would I mean eat his food, the way he would talk to people, every single thing about the rabbi, they would imitate until they were transformed into that same image to where they were thinking, speaking, and behaving just like their rabbi. And that's exactly what we want. Our rabbi, Yeshua, that is how we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be following him, following his teaching, saying yes to him, yes to him, yes to him, yes to him, yes to him. And until we get to the place where we're thinking like him, speaking like him, behaving like him, we have to remember something. These disciples were come from so many different backgrounds. I mean, Jesus didn't teach easy things. Yeshua did not teach easy things. He did not. He did not love your enemies. In 4,000 years of human history, no one had ever heard of anything like that. Except for what Yeshua would say to, I mean, uh, what, uh, well, yes, Yeshua, 
in the Old Testament, God <clears throat> would say to his people, you know, hey, if even if you're if you if you see your um, your brother whom you you have a problem with, if you see his donkey or his ox, you know, wandering off, you 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 don't you don't let it wander off. You take it and hold it for him. And so you find that even there. But again, among pagan, you know, I mean, even, you know, Yeshua had taught us, you had heard it was said, love your love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And that's what people have been doing for 4,000 years. They had been loving their friends and hating their enemies. Whoever told such a thing, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. I mean, do good to those who hate you. No one had ever heard teaching like that. I mean, Jesus taught them, if you look at a woman with blush, you committed adultery with her. Oh my goodness, in 4,000 years of human history until Christ came, no one ever heard teaching like that. And so what happened? The 12 whom he chose, they come from all these different backgrounds. Matthew was a tax collector. A tax collector was a part of the group. My goodness, he was hated by everybody. Uh, you, the, you had the Simon, the zealot who wanted to kill people, kill the, kill the Romans. You had fishermen, uneducated fishermen, and, and all of these different types of people coming to Yeshua, sitting up under his teaching and doing what? And being transformed into his image. Their life was never the same after they started following Yeshua. Every single command, it wasn't easy. But every single commandment he gave them, the Bible says in um, in John chapter in his prayer in John 17, he says of his disciples, these have kept your word. They have kept your word. And what and what and that word wasn't easy. But day by day, step by step, they kept saying yes to the Lord. They kept saying yes. They kept saying yes. They kept saying yes. They kept saying yes. And then what ended up happening is, is that because they kept saying yes to the Lord, Acts chapter one happened. You shall be my witnesses when you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when he, when he has come upon you. And so that's exactly the same thing with us. As we keep saying yes to the Lord, then what ends up happening is, is that we get power from the Holy Spirit to obey these commandments. You see, this is the thing that this is what this is what Yeshua teaches us in Matthew and chapter when he talks about re receiving the Holy Spirit he gives them these commands he gives them all these commands and he says that he will give you a helper he will give you and me a helper speaking of the Holy Spirit he will give us a helper um, and this is in John, what is this? John chapter, give me one second. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. He says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Right. And I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. What is that comforter going to do? What is that helper going to do? He's going to help you keep my commandments. 
That's what he's going to do. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. And what does he promise that the Holy Spirit is going to do? He's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever he said unto us. And that's what that's what happened because they kept saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I will obey. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I will obey. What happened? They received the Holy Spirit and they became what? Witnesses of the Lord and preaching his word. And their lives were never the same after that because they followed, 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 followed. And that's what the Lord says. The Bible says, if the heart be willing, if there is first a willing heart, it counts what you have, not what you don't have. That's all God wants is a willing heart, a willing heart that says yes to him. And then he fills you with his Holy Spirit so you can keep his commandments because you keep saying yes, keep saying yes, keep saying yes, keep saying yes to him. And that's true discipleship. And we find this repeated, these examples of discipleship. Um, like I said, you find after they kept saying yes to the Lord, you find in Acts chapter 1, what happens? In Acts chapter 1, the Bible says, uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, uh, we'll start at verse three. He says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking to them pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but she shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so what happens once they were baptized with the Holy Spirit later on in Acts chapter one, what do they do? Their lives are absolutely never the same. Their lives are never the same. They after they after they keep obeying, keep obeying, they receive the Holy Spirit. And what happens? Their lives are transformed from then on. And they have been transformed, but their lives were never the same after they received the Holy Spirit. They were new people. And that's not the first time they received the Holy Spirit, by the way. They actually received the, the first received the Holy Spirit in uh, in John. Uh, John, John 20, verse 21. Uh, that's where they first received the Holy Spirit. Then said Yeshua to them, peace be unto you. As my father sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. So they had already had the Holy Spirit before Pentecost. But at Pentecost, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with power to do what? To preach power to live a holy life, power to be a witness. That's how these people were getting saved. They weren't just being saved because of the miracles and healing the sick and raising the dead and the preaching. They were being saved because of the apostles' lifestyle. They were living such holy, such godly, such pure lifestyles that people were like, I want to repent and see Jesus. I want to repent and belong to Jesus Christ. So they received power to live a holy life first, then perform miracles. That's what they were doing. So they lived a holy and godly life um, because they were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit because, and then that is because they kept saying yes to Yeshua. The Bible says, he said, these are they who have been with me. You have been with me in all of my trials. He says, they have been with me in all of my trials. They've been with me. They're staying with me. Um, and so uh, uh, 
Um, and, and so and so that is what we have to do. And we find several examples of this. This is not they're not the only ones. They're not the only example of this. We find a very beautiful example in Second Kings in chapter two. And I want to read this in the good news version of the Bible, because I, I think it's a beautiful picture of the same thing. In Second Kings in chapter two, he says, the time came for the Lord to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha set out from Gilgal and on the way, Elisha said to Elisha, now stay here. The Lord has ordered me to go to Bethel. You see, we're always tested. Are we going to stay here? Or are we going to follow him no matter what happens? He says, but Elijah answered, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord and to you that I will not leave you. So they went on to Bethel. Uh, verse four, um, he said, now stay here. Then Elijah said to Elijah, I mean, Elijah said to Elisha, now stay here. The Lord has ordered me to go to Jericho. But Elisha answered, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord and to you that I will not leave you. So they went on to Jericho. A group of prophets who lived there went to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha answered, but let's not talk about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, now stay here. The Lord has ordered me to go to the Jordan River. But Elisha answered, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord and to you that I will not leave you. So they went on and 50 of the prophets followed them to the Jordan. Elijah and Elisha stopped by the river and the 50 prophets stood a short distance away. Then Elijah took off his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided and he and Elisha crossed to the other side on dry ground. There Elisha said to Elisha, tell me what you want me to do for you before I am taken away. You see, because he followed, because he followed him, no matter what, he's like, I'm not going to leave you no matter what. And the relationship between Elijah and Elisha is a picture of our relationship between Yeshua and the disciple. That's a picture of the relationship of Yeshua and his disciple following him no matter what. No matter where you go, no matter what the terrain is, no matter what the circumstances are, I will follow you. I will follow you. And then we get to ask. He says, therefore, tell me. That's when the Lord says, tell me what you want me to do for you. He, what does Elijah say? Let me, and the King James Version gives a, a beautiful um, rendering of this. He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. He says, give me a double portion of your spirit. Elisha answered. He said, that is a difficult request to grant. Back to the, um, back to the good news Bible. That is a difficult request to grant. Um, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 10, Elijah replied, but you will receive it if you see me as I am being taken away from you. If you don't see me, you won't receive it. They kept talking as they walked on. Then suddenly a chariot of fire pulled by horses of fire came between them. And Elisha was taken up to heaven by a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and cried out to Elijah, my father, my father, the horse and chariots of Israel. The, that's the King James Version. I just keep switching back and forth because this kind of doesn't do it justice, but I'll read it. He says, uh, he says he was taken up a whirlwind. Elijah saw it, cried, my father, my father, mighty defender of Israel, you are gone. And he never saw Elijah again. In grief, Elisha tore his cloak in two. Then he picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him. 
You see, that's what we've got to do. You've got to take up the mantle of Jesus Christ. You've got to take on the yoke of Jesus Christ. Just as Elijah picked up the mantle of Elijah, so we have to pick up the yoke of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, then he picked up Elijah's cloak that had stood and that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then he struck the water again and it divided and he walked over to the other side. You see, Elijah took Elijah's place and we are to take the place of Jesus Christ in the world. We are his body. We take his place in the world. And and we take his place by taking on his yoke, taking up the cloak, the mantle of Yeshua in the world, following him, being humble, being obedient, being disciplined, being self-sacrificing, being selfless, being full of love and holiness and purity and goodness and faithfulness and full of the Holy Ghost. We replace Yeshua Mashiach in the world. And that's exactly what Elisha did for Elijah. His life was never the same after he took on the mantle of Yeshua and after he received power from on high. After he received the power, he was, his life was never the same. He was, he was the prophet after that. But how did that come about? It came about because he followed Elijah all the way. And that is the attitude that we have to have. Lord, I will follow you all the way, all the way. No matter where, I'm going to follow you all the way. And there's not going to be anything to hold me back. And so because he was willing to follow him all the way, what happened? He received power. He became his replacement. He became, Elisha became Elijah's replacement in the world. And see, and Elisha had so much anointing that his dead bones raised somebody to life. The Bible talks about later on in second King, somebody was dead. The, the enemy was coming. They were burying uh, two men were burying somebody. They threw his body into the tomb of Elisha. They, the, the body touched Elijah's bones and he came back to life. Elisha had more anointing in his dead bones than we do living. Why? Because he was willing to follow Elijah all the way. And if we want to have anointing like that to live a holy and godly life first, then to do ministry, to live a holy and godly life at home first, then to do ministry, then to live a holy and godly life on our job, then to do ministry. If we're going to do that, if we're going to live like Yeshua lived, then we're going to have to be willing to follow him all the way and receive his power from on high. And we only do that by following him. And so this is a beautiful example of of the relationship between Elijah and Elisha is a beautiful example of the relationship between Yeshua, our Lord Jesus Christ, and his disciple about how his disciple is supposed to respond. Now, you have another beautiful example. And again, after he received the Holy Spirit, Elisha was never the same. The world was never the same after him, after that. But that happened because he followed him all the way. Now, you find another example, another very beautiful example in Ruth, Ruth and Naomi is a beautiful picture of the disciple, uh, the relationship between Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and his disciple. He says in Ruth chapter uh, one, he says, long ago in the days before Israel had a king, there was a famine in the land. So a man named Elimelech, who belonged to the clan of Ephrath and who lived in Beth, this is out of the Good News Bible, 
who, uh, 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 verse, let's start over. Long ago in the days before Israel had a king, there was a famine in the land. So a man named Elimelech, who belonged to the clan of Ephrath and who lived in Bethlehem in Judah, went with his wife Naomi and their two sons Malon and Chilion to live for a while in the country of Moab. While they were living there, Elimelech died and Naomi was left alone with her two sons who married Moabite girls, Orpah and Ruth. About 10 years later, Malon and Chilion also died, and Naomi was left all alone without husband or sons. Verse 6 of Ruth chapter 1. Sometime later, Naomi heard that the Lord had blessed his people by giving them good crops, so she got ready to leave Moab with her daughters-in-law. They started out together. Now, this is exactly what Yeshua tells us. The Bible says, if any man would come after me, if in Luke chapter 9, Luke, Luke chapter 9 and in Luke chapter 14, he says the same thing. If you will follow me. You see, he doesn't force you. If you will follow me, he says, then this is what you got to do. If in Ruth chapter 1 verse 7, they started out together to go back to Judah. But on the way, she said to them, go back home my, and stay with your mothers. May the Lord be as good to you as you have been to me and to those who have died. And may the Lord make it possible for each of you to marry again and have a home. So Naomi kissed them goodbye, but they started crying and said to her, no, we will go with you to your people. Now you see, now that's, 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 that's a, just like in Mark chapter, uh, I think it's Mark chapter two with the parable of the seas. You have some people who respond with, with tears and respond a certain way, but there's no root. And you find that here. In this passage as well, you must go back, my daughters. Why do you want to come with me? You see, Yeshua shows you all the consequences of following him. You could lose your life. You can be homeless. You can be poor. You can be hungry. You might experience violence. You might experience violent attacks. All these kind of things can happen to you. Follow me. Do you still want to follow me? He says, you must go back, my daughters. Why do you want to come with me? Do you think I can have sons again for you to marry? Go back home for I am too old to get married. You see, even if I mean, you see what she's saying there, even if I thought there was still hope and so got married tonight and had sons, would you wait until they were grown up? Would this keep you from marrying someone else? No, my daughters, you know that it's impossible. The Lord has turned against me and I feel very sorry for you. So you see, this is what the Lord Jesus does too. He told his disciples, hey, you know, uh, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. You're going to be, all the world's going to hate you. Some of you are going to be killed. Some of you are going to be, you know, you're going to suffer violence. You're going to experience all these calamities. These things are going to come on you. He says, but have joy because the kingdom of heaven is going to be yours. You see, are, do you still want to follow me? You're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're going to have to go the way of the cross. You're going to have to be crucified. You're going to follow the narrow way. Do you still want to follow me? Foxes, of, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Do you still want to follow? You might lose everything. You have to give up everything you have and follow me. You got to hate your father, mother, sister, brother, and you can't love them more than you love me. He says, if any man hate, uh, follow after me and not hate his father, mother, sister, brother, wife, he, he cannot, children cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. If you don't take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Do you still want to follow me? Do you still want to be my disciple? The Lord Jesus asked that. He presents all the consequences of following, just like Naomi did. I'm, I'm, I can't have children. You're not going to get children from me. If I had children, would you wait for them? It's impossible for you. Do you want to do this? Do you still want to follow me? Do you still want to be with me? Jesus asked the same thing. And what happened? Later on, you had two, you see, 
And this is the choice that we have to make. The two daughters represent the two the picture of the two choices that you and I both have to make. That we have to make in, in terms of following the Lord. And uh, either we're going to look at those consequences and say, ah, no, I want to go back. Or I'm going to keep following. You see, Orpah and Ruth represent the two choices that we have to make when Yeshua presents us with the conditions of discipleship. He says in, in uh, Ruth chapter uh, 1 and verse 14, he says, again, in the Good News Bible, again, they started crying. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and went back home. See, after she heard those consequences, after she heard what could happen and the fact that she's not going to get a husband from her and all the consequences of following her, she turned back. And see, that's what many of us do. We hear those consequences of suffering and hardship and distress and trouble and, and sometimes difficulty and, and difficulties. And we say, nope, I don't want to follow. That's how many people are. All these changes that you're going to bring in my life, I don't want that. Then you have the other people. You have another group of people. He says, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and went back home. But Ruth held on to her. So Naomi said to her, Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her God. You see, there's a God back there, her old life. She wanted her old life back. She wanted to live the way that she wanted to live and live the way she used to live. That's the choice that Orpah made. You see, and that's the choice that we have. Are we going to go back? Are we going to go back to the life that we want to live? We used to live. You see, that's what Orpah chose. Orpah chose to go back. I don't want that. I don't want the conditions of discipleship. I want to go back to what's comfortable to me. I want to go back to what's familiar to me. I want to go back to my family. I want to go back to my, my comfort, my this, my life, my life, and what I want to do. But Ruth is like a true disciple. She's, she held on to her. And so Naomi said to her, Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her God, so go back home with her. But Ruth answered, verse 16, don't ask me to leave you. Let me go with you wherever. This is the words of a true disciple. Don't ask me to leave you. Let me go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. You see, wherever you die, I will die. And that is where I will be buried. May the Lord's worst punishment come upon me. If I let anything but death separate me from you. You see, that's, that was the disciple. That was, that's what a true disciple of Jesus Christ says. A true disciple of Yeshua says just that. Don't tell me to go from you. I hear the consequences. I hear the trouble. I hear the, 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 the I, I, I see your terms of discipleship. And I say, don't let me go away from you. Let me suffer those things with you. I want to go with you and we're going to go through these things together. I want to be with you more than I care about the consequences of being with you. I want you. I want to be with you. And see, and that's what a true disciple of Jesus Christ says. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. You see, your God. He said, that's, you see what she's saying? Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die. I will die. You see, that's the way of the cross. Wherever you die, where did our Lord Jesus Christ die? He died on the cross. We die the same way every day on the cross. On the cross, we're crucifying our flesh. We're dying to ourselves. We're crucifying our own wants. We're dying to ourselves. Our self-will, our plans, our dreams, our goals, our ambitions, all of that is dying. You see, that's how Jesus died. He died on the cross. He's saying, she's saying, I will go the way of the cross. 
where however you die, I will die. Yeshua died on the cross. We're going to die on the cross to our self-will, to our plans, our goals, our dreams, our ambitions. He says, and that is where I will be buried. I'm not coming out of that. She says, I'm not coming out. I'm going to stay there on the cross. I'm not coming out. May the Lord's worst punishment come upon me if I let anything but death separate me from you. And trust me, that's what's going to happen when we separate from the Lord. When we separate from the Lord, the Lord's worst punishment is going to come upon us, which is eternal damnation, separation from him forever. And none of us want that. But true discipleship says that I will follow you wherever you go. And what happened? She followed. And this is, again, the process of discipleship, just like uh, Elisha followed Elijah wherever he went. It was a process. He kept following him. He kept saying yes to him, kept saying yes, kept saying yes. You want me to cross here? Fine. You want me to give this thing up? Fine. You want me to do this? Fine. He kept yes, whatever. He kept following, kept following. And then boom, he received the power of God. The Holy Spirit. Same thing with Ruth. Ruth said, I'm going to follow you, follow you from Moab to Bethlehem. The journey from darkness and paganism and wickedness and selfishness and, and self-centered life in the power of Satan to the power of God. The journey from Moab to, Beth, Moab to Bethlehem. And what did she do? Ruth kept following, kept following, step by step by step, day by day by day, following Naomi all the way till the day that she got to Bethlehem. See, that's a picture of the Christian life. And so it's a journey. It's a journey from, from a, a Jeremiah 17, 9 heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked to a Matthew 5 heart that's blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You see the journey from Bethlehem to, uh, from Moab to Bethlehem, from Babylon to Jerusalem, from 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 uh, from where Elisha and Elisha were to the Jordan River, all those journeys represent the process of transformation of the Christian from unholy to holy, from ungodly to godly. That's discipleship. And what happened? Ruth, because she was willing to obey, what happened to her? Because she was willing to obey, she became the mother of really the ancient, the ancestor of Jesus Christ. She produced David. She's in the line of David. She gave birth to Obed. Obed gave birth to Jesse. Jesse gave birth to King David, who was God's man and from whom would descend our Messiah. You see, and that's exactly, that's what I'm talking about. The, the, the blessing of discipleship, the blessing of discipleship puts us in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>